As we approach Advent next week and Christmas, I have to admit I, I cheated. I was tempted and to listen to Christmas music. Uh, silent night, come let us adore him. Angels we have heard on high, what child is this? Yep, I, commit, I confess I, I broke all those liturgical rules. And, but it's not inappropriate for the Feast of Christ the King. Because, see, the King is kind of a foreign word to us. It sounds like a dictator or, you know, a totalitarian government. So we go back to the beginning of Matthew's Gospel. We've been in Matthew's Gospel this whole year. And Christmas time. What is the very... Well, if there was any more excitement, I would fall over dead. <laughs> Emmanuel. Remember Joseph has a dream? Should I take Mary as my wife or not? She's found with child. And, and the angel says, yes, you know, go ahead and take her into your home as your wife. And he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So on the Feast of Christ the King, maybe it should be, in Matthew's Gospel anyway, Jesus as Emmanuel, the one who is with us. And you know what? We have this term nowadays called the... That is when we, somebody agitates us or something on the news depresses us. We go back into that deep place in ourself where God is with us. And instead of responding out of that agitation, out of that despair, we respond out of that place where God rules over us, where God is with us. And that is an Emmanuel moment. So I just pray that all of us this uh, last Sunday of the church year may also remember our first Sunday of the church year Christmas when Pray for more and more Emmanuel moments in our lives where his presence rules over us and then through us over the world. More and more Emmanuel moments. When this gospel was written, we were told by some um, experts that it was really written for those Christians who were persecuted. I know I, I think of uh, my nephews in the seminary. He has an Egyptian classmate. And he says in Egypt, they go to church, say, on Christmas. And every Christmas, the church gets bombed. And people are killed. And you have children without parents. Who's going, who's going to take care of them? Who's going to visit those who are in the hospital? Who is going to visit those who are arrested? Those who are persecuted. The very... First context of this gospel is that we need an Emmanuel moment to bring his presence to those who feel persecuted. Like those who are in Egypt, go to church on Christmas and get bombed just for going to church on Sunday. But closer to home, how many people feel like they're bombed in other ways? They lose their jobs, or they get made fun of, or they get called this or that. Just because they, they want to live the gospel. And so we, 
we need to have Emmanuel moments to bring God's presence to them. I was naked and you clothed me. I was alone and you were with me. Ill in prison, you visited me and cared for me. But more than that, who is not hurting? Who does not have a wound that we need to bring God's presence to? Everyone in the world, Christian or not. And so I, th I think uh, of a story about Mother Teresa, uh, one of our sisters of charity here in Kentucky, uh, in Appalachian Mountains. But there was a group of sisters of charity in Rome, and a beggar came to the door. And the beggar was uh, very rude. He pressed the button to the convent, and he just put that finger down and wouldn't let go. So the bell rang and rang and rang and rang and rang and rang and drove the sisters crazy. And one of the sisters came, and he said, where were you? I'm hungry. Where's my food? Do you think I can wait here forever? It seems like forever. And it was after the sisters' dinner hour. It was about 8 o'clock in the evening. And so one of the sisters went downstairs to the she managed to scrub, you know, find some scraps, make a meal, put it in a bag. And as she was going up, she said, oh, I, maybe I need to put a chocolate bar in there. She went back downstairs, found a chocolate bar, and put it in the bag. And then took the bag back up. The guy was still grumbling and complaining. And he said, where were you? This is taking forever. Give me my food. The sister gave, her, gave him the bag. He went to the nearest park bench. And he opened up the bag. And there was a chocolate bar sitting on top. And he just sat there and stared at it for the longest time. A, a chocolate he closed the bag and he went back to the convent. And this time he was not as rude. He rang the doorbell once. Another sister came to the door and he said, uh, I would like to talk to this sister that gave me my dinner. And so she went and got the other sister. And the sister was shocked that he came back. And he said, sister, I would like you to speak to me about this Jesus. You see, the, there was an Emmanuel moment there where it flooded him through a little act of mercy. He saw in this sister Jesus, divine mercy. The seven uh, works of merit, mercy, corporal works, and seven spiritual works, they're nothing more than Emmanuel moments where God's presence comes out of us instead of our agitation and floods the other person. And then the other person sees Jesus, Emmanuel, in us, and wants to get to know him better, wants to get to know him as divine mercy. You see how it's not so much that we see Jesus in others. Whatever you did for the least of me, you did for mine. It's that maybe they'll see Emmanuel in us. And God will begin to rule 
His presence will spread. There'll be more hope. There'll be more peace. That is an Emmanuel moment. And join me in praying today on this great feast day for more and more Emmanuel moments among us. When you receive communion today, that'll be an Emmanuel moment. We have a baptism after Mass. That's an Emmanuel moment. Pray for more and more. Amen. Amen.